You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Mike Lewis. You know, there's, um, there's a few things uh, concerning Scripture that you just need to keep coming back around and having a refreshing course because it needs to be something that we stay sensitized to and feel equipped to do uh, because what I want to talk to you today is about one of the major, major issues that we're called to do. I don't want you to answer this except to yourself. Those of you online, please. Uh, When is the last time have you actually helped or led somebody in a decision to follow Christ? When is the last time you have, quote, witnessed? When is the last time you have um, prayed and it was on your heart so... um, but with such a sense of either tenderness or something that it was passion in your prayer as you prayed for somebody to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Mike, it sounds like you're talking about an evangelist. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit the Bible talks about. It's somebody who has a gift of evangelism, and that is true. There is a gift. It's, it's about um, 10%. So if we count off Ten people, probably one of those ten will have a gift of evangelism. This kind of stuff will come easy for, easier for. But Paul and Ryan Timothy, Paul wrote these words and he says, you need to do the work of an evangelist. In other words, we may not have the top level gift to do it, but it needs to be a part of what we do. Just like teaching may not be our top level gift, but you'll find yourself in teaching moments often. So you do it. So uh, this weekend and next weekend, we're we're talking about this story because everybody has a story to tell. You know, everybody, everybody does. It's your story. There is a story about a a guy who wanted to go ice fishing. They read a lot on the subject and then went in position the footstool and got everything sucker cut, cutter ready and all of a sudden a voice came down. He looked, he couldn't see anybody, but the voice said, there is no fish under the ice. So he couldn't find anybody, so he moved on down a little bit and started again. The voice came back and said, there is no fish under this ice. So he moved way on down this next time. Sure enough, he started and here comes the voice. There is no, no fish under this ice. And so finally the guy stood up and said, Is this God? And the boys came back and said, No, it's the manager of the hockey ring. <laughs> and yet we're called to be fishermen. But y'all do realize some stupid stuff has been done on the course of witnessing, don't you? (laughs) 
when people feel manipulated instead of cared for, it doesn't work. When people feel forced, when people feel shamed, when people feel tricked, when there's not that authenticity that comes from somebody who genuinely cares about a person because the care of God is in them, I don't ever like that, personally. And everybody's got different styles. And uh, you can imagine what my style is. My style is very relational. I don't want to hit you up cold. I want to build as much of a relationship as I can. I want it to be a, a relationship as much as possible. And um, then as I set up, because <clears throat> when, he said, when, when he said you become fishers of men, and you think about how, is that, how does that work in your life, then you've got to think that there, there has to be a pattern or a strategy you have somewhere for something to happen. For instance, let me, let me say it this way. Let me read it from Matthew. This will give a good foundation. I want you to read this with me from Matthew. All right. Go ye therefore and teach all the nations and do what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why can you do this? Because you teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. You see a pattern there. We get it, we give it. We take it in, we understand it, it changes our life, and now we go. Jesus is getting ready to leave. He tells his disciples, he says, here's what I want you to do. Acts 1.8. You're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Could I stop right there and say why? For a lot of reasons. We need power for a lot of reasons. But look what it says. It will come upon you, and one thing it will do is it will empower you to what? It will empower you to what? Witness. witness. What is witnessing? Sharing your story. Telling your story. What Christ has done for you. People want people who are authentic and real and not religious. They, they want a person who talks about their relationship with Christ, not about religious stuff. They want life. They want something real. Monday morning's coming. How's this going to make a difference? And so the golden question is, so what? It's a great question to ask when people are talking to you about the Bible. So what? Well, so why is this going to change your life? All right, let's read on. So he says, so you'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem. You won't stop there. Now look at this pattern. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, wherever you go. Can I suggest to you that the way you live your life on a daily basis is just like that verse suggests? And that is that your eyes are open. And everywhere you go today in Jerusalem, there may be an opportunity for you to cross a path that has a divine appointment. You know, one time in Scripture, God actually just took a person, Philip, 
and just put him someplace else because he needed a witness. And uh, this whole thing is happening with the body of Christ. And he's orchestrating it out for his will to come to pass. And you and I are the ones doing that. And so you just have to, there it is, there's that moment. It was, it was probably two months ago in, in our community. And of course, this guy that we were acquaintances with, not close, close friend, but acquaintances, he started talking to me. And it got to a certain point in the conversation, he was telling me about some things going on with him. And it got to a point in the conversation where, now, I, now I've been knowing this guy for 10 years. And so, just kept this thing going. And so, it was one of those times where I said, hmm. And so I asked him, I said, uh, I called his name and I said, uh, tell me about your relationship with Christ. Are you, are you saved? Do you, do you know you're going to heaven? He said, you know, I asked my doctor that. <laughs> and he said, it got so complicated, I just gave up on it. So I said, you want the um, short version? <laughs> he said, yeah. And I stood right there in my, in my community. I don't know how old he is. It's in his 70s for sure. A gentleman to the Lord. And he was having some troubles remembering stuff sometime. And uh, so I told him, I said, if you ever forget and wonder, did I really pray that prayer? You got another human being who witnessed you praying that prayer and opening your heart and receiving Christ. Amen. And it was just, boom, there it happened. Didn't make it happen. It was there it happened. I, <clears throat> last week, I had my oldest granddaughter, Dean and I, and another friend, we were in a store, and they were shopping around doing this. You got three ladies and one guy. <laughs> you, you, anybody know what's happening? Can you see the picture here? <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> and so the manager and I start talking, and she, she asked me about who it is, and one of our friends had lost her husband about a year ago. And so I said, she's with us, she lost her husband. And, uh, and she says, um, you know, I lost my dad. I said, you did? She says, yes, 20 years ago. And I'm wondering why she's telling me this 20 years later. Then she proceeds to tell me that she was in another state, called her dad to tell her dad that she was dropping out of college and coming home. Her dad said, that's not a good idea. I'm disappointed in you. But come on home. We'll talk about it. When she got home, she found him dead on the floor, had a heart attack. And she said, for 20 years, I'm disappointed in you. For 20 years. Over and over and over again. And I'm in the store, and I said, okay, how would you like just to reframe that a little bit? She said, reframe it? I said, yeah, I don't, I, don't think you, I don't think it's pointing to reality. I think there's another reality that would be much better served for you. So what kind of reality? I said, well, ask me this question. Did he love you? She said, oh, he loved me. My dad loved me. Did he think you had a lot of potential? Oh, 
over the moon. He thought I was going to do it. And when he said, I'm disappointed in you, he was saying, I'm disappointed in the decision you're making right now, but not you because you are greatest. You're a lot better at what you're saying and doing. She looked at me, tears came out of her eyes, and we were talking, I was talking to the girls about it. We walked out of the store, and they were saying, I got chill bumps. It's just, you just step into that moment, and there it is. That's, that's how it's designed to work. It's designed to share a person, an experience you have. It's, to, it's designed to introduce somebody to someone. Look what 2 Corinthians says now. Watch this. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So what God's up to, he wants to reconcile how much? The whole world to himself. So <clears throat> no longer is he counting people's sin against them because where did the sin go? To the cross, Right? They need to receive that and accept it, yes? But is it a reality already accomplished? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The job is done. So we are Christ's ambassador. We have got to get the word out. We have got to open our mouth and speak. Let me ask you this question. The Bible says that faith and, and works, they work together, yes? Without faith, there's no work, without works, no faith, right? Yeah, yeah. So if I love you, but I don't tell you, have I really loved you? This, this, this heart of Christ that came 2,000 years ago with a plan that had been planned before the foundation of the world that would, was so incredibly, magnificently planned out that God himself would actually put his DNA in a person and that person would have a free will. And because of that free will, now every person who comes to this planet comes separated from God. And every person that's born is separated. And now it is our responsibility as ambassadors because God, look at the next part of that verse. God is making his appeal through whom? Us. When we speak for Christ, when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could come and be made right with God through Christ. That is the good news. I got good news for you. God's not mad at you. God's mad about you. I got good news for you. God's already taken care of your sin. Accept it. I got good news for you. He wants to lead you and guide you and walk with you. Got good news for you. Bill Hybels wrote a book called, many, many years ago, called Becoming a Contagious Christian. And Bill had worked out a formula that he kind of worked with. And, and part of the formula was HP plus CP. 
Now, the HP was high potency. A high potency now that has a close proximity. What's high potency? High potency is, when the Bible says, when you have a light, you can't put a bush, put it under a bushel because it cuts the potency down. When you live your life in contact with God, and you pray, and you read, and you submit to God, and you just keep your life on going with Him, your potency stays strong. You, you cut off the Word, cut off your prayer life, cut off your relationship with God, and your potency starts to diminish. And when your potency diminishes to the extent it said, then men, it won't be effective. It won't affect men. You'll be around people, but it won't affect them because the potency is low. But you have high potency. But if you're not around anybody, how many of you think if you stuck, uh, if you stuck a salt shaker in your pocket and you would take it with you all day long, anybody around you would feel salty or taste salty. <laughs> you got it in proximity. But you have not opened your mouth. How can they know unless they heard? If I don't tell you I love you, does that mean I don't love you? If I don't share, does that mean I don't love I started to look at how, what the percentage of people that actually like worked at churches for their life and then, but never actually won somebody to Christ outside of that. It's kind of like people, <laughs> I heard a story years ago where this guy came to a pastor. He says, I'm leaving to go on the mission field. I'm going to win people to Jesus. He said, um, how many of you led to Jesus here? He said, none, I'm going to the mission field. And the pastor looked back at him and said, what do you think is going to happen on that plane ride? Because <laughs> if it ain't happening here, it ain't happening there. And this year, as we move into this year, friends, I think God wanted to take a moment and register something that's extremely important to us. And that is that we become passionate about being equipped and being ready for the moment God uses us. Would it, be, would it be okay if we just prayed at the end of service and said, God, before this year's over, it would, just, it, would be, it would really be nice if you would help me lead somebody to Christ. Back, back when I was doing some of this in the discipleship form, I'll never forget, I had a guy in my office and I'm, I'm, we're walking down the road to salvation. We're going down. I can see it coming. And I start thinking, I need, somebody else needs to lead him to Jesus. Who, he's a businessman. So if I, I got to go get another. I said, can you wait just a minute? I'm going to be right back. I went down the road and found a businessman that I knew who attended church who never wanted anybody to Christ. And I brought him back and I said, okay, here's, here, let's do this now. Lead him to Christ. He said, what do I say? And I said, that's why you're here. Would you just ask him to open his mouth and ask Jesus to come to his heart and forgive him of his sins? 
And y'all, it was the most precious moment. There's just something about, there's something about it that is so God, close to God's heart for sending Christ and dying. And then when the payoff happens, it's just like there's something like, that's it. That's it. Okay. I can do that. And of course, one of the biggest, biggest um, sins of the church is, and, and I hate to say it this way, really, I, I do, because you want the fellowship and comradeship, you want to belong. But you've got to have that rotation of emphasis where you do that, but at the same time, you're figuring out how lost people are getting into, getting into God, and you're, you're bringing them, and we're doing it by a congregation, or you're doing it individually. There are just so many different ways it works, but some places, and I'm glad to say not cathedral, <clears throat> they, um, they forget. They forget what it's like to be lost. They forget what it's like to be hopeless. They forget what it's like to, to really wonder if this thing's real or not. You forget the nights where you lay on the pillow and you honestly just think and think and you want to have hope. And then it happens. And you actually meet him. And that spot that nothing else could fill. just didn't work. And for the first time, you take that deep breath and it feels like you come alive inside. And that dead, drab, semi-hopeless feeling all of a sudden is gone. And you're home. You're home. That's why I think in the book of Luke there's a story. And the story is he has asked Matthew now, the tax collector, to follow him. Matthew goes in and packs up all of his stuff gets his briefcase, walks out of his tax office, and now he's going to follow Jesus. Some time goes by. And I mean, there, you can, you, can, you, can you imagine what that group is doing? They're ODing on relationships together. They're ODing on being around Jesus. They're ODing on watching miracles. They're ODing on trying to figure this, all this stuff out. I mean, it's just the strongest comradeship and bonding and teaching going on. It, it, and it's just, it's just wild. But then all of a sudden, Jesus started noticing something about Matthew. Pulls him aside one day and said, uh, Matt, he said, uh, something's going on with you? He said, well, you know, I've been thinking. And this, this call that I have when I responded to you, this sense of purpose that I feel, 
on this destiny, on the challenge. Oh, it, it, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. I've been thinking. The firm I left, you know, it had several hundred employees. And none of them know about you. Seriously, I just can't, I can't get them, I can't get their faces out of my head. I'm experiencing all of this richness. And I'm going to heaven. And some of my very best friends, they don't make it. So I was wondering, Jesus, is there, is there any way where we could take this potency, see, because I have this high octane potency. I mean, I, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, yeah, put me in, coach. I'm ready. But I don't have proximity. So what if I threw a party and invited all my tax friends and they would come to the party. And Jesus, then you would come to the party. You rubbing shoulders right up against Sam and right up against Sarah. Right up against, oh. And Pete, I want you to come too, but you got to be careful. Rest of your disciples, will you come? Is that a strategy? Can we put the high octane, the high potency now and get the proximity? Maybe we can pour some salt out of the salt shaker. Party, it's a great party. It's a great party. <clears throat> Starts shutting down, winding down a little bit, and then all of a sudden the doors open and Pharisees come in. <laughs> and that's where you have a famous scene where Ask him, why do you hang around with the trash people, the sinners? And Jesus says, that's who I came for. If you're well, you don't need me. But if you're broken, that's who I'm here for. They got puffed up and mad and left. Party continued. They had a great time after they got rid of those religious people. <laughs> and um, Jesus hung around. Most of them left. <clears throat> and just ended up being Matthew and Jesus walking around the corner of the house. Street light was on. They paused in the shadows. Jesus put his arm around them. He said, Matthew, he said, can I just tell you how much I love your heart? I mean, there's some things you haven't got right. But your heart on this thing and not forgetting about your friends and strategizing and planning some way to go get them. And then not do it on your own, but team up with us too. 
So now you have the team approach, collective approach of all of us together. There's, there's, some, there's some seeds sown here, Matthew, tonight that we reap harvest on. Matthew, Matthew kind of shrugs it off a little bit. And, and Jesus comes back and says, you know what else? He said, your courage. I mean, you went all in for this. You really did. You went all in to make this happen. And Matthew, don't you ever forget the courage that you have and that you used. What are we offering people when we offer them a relationship with God? A relationship with their Creator, a relationship with a Heavenly Father. We offer what the Bible calls living water, fulfillment, purpose, relationships with the body of Christ, their sins forgiven, guilt and shame gone. They enter into a covenant relationship with God Almighty. He accepts them, gives them their grace, sends a third person called the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to lead, guide us, strengthen us, and help us do life. And then he taps it all off with joy and peace. What a deal is that? Amen. Let's stand together. <clears throat> Father, as we talk about this subject, I pray now that you begin to sensitize our hearts for those around us. That we can pray for them, that we can figure a strategy out, that we'll follow your leading. And this year, I ask for those watching online, for those in the audience, I'm asking you to give us a harvest this year. We boldly ask for one. And we boldly will step out of our comfort zone. There's enough excuses already been made. No more excuses. There's a calling. From the, from the look of the congregation, just looking at you guys, uh, I would say the average, what I can see, including the balcony, the average average age of you guys are hmm I say the average age is most of you are about halfway through <laughs> that only leaves two quarters of the game left to see what you're going to do someone So I'm calling you and I'm challenging you. Make it part of your purpose to either help directly or indirectly. By indirectly, I mean, <clears throat> I know people who would call somebody else to get them to do what they couldn't do yet. 
but they were still part of the team of getting it done. So if you need to call somebody, call somebody, but be a part of the process. Father, we accept this. I pray you help us accomplish it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Lord bless you guys. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.